Yeah, that's it. I got a couple of good mornings. Thank you. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Bob Menser, and I'm one of the teaching elders here, and I'd like to welcome you to Word of Grace Fellowship. Um, for all of you who are joining us on the internet, I extend the same greetings. Uh, this year, we have been, um, I lost my slide. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. This year, the elders have sought the Lord, and we thought that it was good that we begin a series throughout the year that's called The Way, The Ways of God. And over the past number of weeks, we have heard various things about the ways of God. We've heard that He is holy and righteous. We spent uh, a long time on faith. Without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. And Bob Santos, who was here last week, talked about God, the way of God is a covenant. And um, I've always been impressed by uh, Isaiah uh, 35, and this is just part of it. Uh, but there's a declaration in 35 that says, and a highway will be there, a roadway, and it will be called the highway of holiness. And the unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for him who walks that way. And so I want you to understand that there is a way that we are um, encouraged to walk in, and it's God's way, not our way. So many times we uh, end up just saying, I'm going to do it my way rather than necessarily God's way. Um, but before I begin today, uh, this is an important scripture. It's from Philippians 3.13, and I'm going to spend just a few minutes on it. It really has a lot to do with the message of this week and next week, but I'll read it to you. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Do you believe that? Do you believe that it is God at work in you? Is he at work in you? Well, you can sit back and say, I think he is. It's not good enough. I'm here to tell you that the scripture tells us that he is at work in you. And I don't care where you are at, what sense of anxiety, what place of fear, what place of great love you hold, God said, I am at work in you. We must cling, as we go through this series, this two, next two weeks, to that underlying foundation that God is at work in me. You may read it aloud and put me in there, not me, you. Oh, that's too confusing, isn't it? <laughs> Ready? For it is God who is at work in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do you believe that? I mean, I made you say it. Oh, don't you hate it when people do that? I do, just so you know. 
And I thought, I can't do that, but I, I did. God is at work in you. Make, the psalmist reads, uh, declares in Psalm 25, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. And I think that's also an underlying foundational um, scripture that we need to carry with us into these next couple of weeks. Make me know your ways, Lord. Teach me. Lead me. You are the God of my salvation. Well, I haven't gotten to today's message yet, uh, but there's a quiz. Now, I want you to know that you will not be tested on this. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. We'll see. Um, there are three passages of Scripture that I'm going to put up next, and I'm going to uh, let you read them. I'll read them to you. Uh, and we'll do one, and then we'll do two, and then we'll do three. And then the question is, what do all of these different scriptures have in common? That's the question. What do all of these different scriptures have in common? From Isaiah 51. Indeed, the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. In her wilderness, he will make like Eden. And her desert, like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of melody. Hmm. From Isaiah 41. I will open rivers in the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land foundations of water. I will put the cedar in the wilderness, the acacia and the myrtle and the olive tree. I will place the juniper in the desert together with the box tree and the cypress that they may see and recognize and consider and gain insight as well that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. Hmm. From John 2. And they took to him, and they took it to him, and when the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. Now, all three of these scriptures have a common idea, a common way of God. And it's transformation. See, what we found in Isaiah was he said, I will take the desert places and put water in them. I will make the barren places like the Garden of Eden. I will make things that are not new. I will make them different. And when we come to the, the water into wine, we see that there is a great transformation there. Now, 
part of my thinking on all of this, and you'll be glad that I didn't, um, I don't know, most of you have been, I mean, Transformers, the toy Transformers have been around for about 30 years. Uh, my son Jason first won one uh, in, in a contest, and I was really surprised. And what, what the whole idea of a trans, uh, transfer, transfer, Transformer is in the toy world is that you take this little truck or car or something, and you move these little things and twist this and twist that and turn it around this way and so forth and so on until it becomes something entirely different. And in this particular case, that uh, um, uh, Optimus Prime, there, yeah. Oh, yeah, see the, the parents and the, they know that. Well, I, I, Donovan had his when we came today, and I said, put that away, Donovan, okay? <laughs> And initially, I was going to my grandson. We gave one to my grandson this, this past Christmas, and uh, I watched him do that. And all of a sudden, it was Optimus Prime. And I thought, I think I'll do that for church. I'll bring it in. And I thought, no, these people don't want to be here for two hours watching me try to put this thing together, okay? So I, I bagged that whole idea. But you understand that there is a transformation that takes place here. Um, it turns one thing into another. And that's the way of God. He takes, he takes a shepherd boy and turns him into a king. He takes a man who is hiding in a wine vat from the Midianites. And he makes him a hero, a warrior. He takes, um, he takes a man who is persecuting the church and transforms him into an evangelist. He takes a man who um, is uh, a moon worshiper, a moon god worshiper, and he calls him out of that country, and he says, I will make you a great nation. God is in the business of transforming things. When we look at the, the wine, there's a, there's a deeper understanding there that happens. You know, he starts with all of these empty clay vessels. And they hold 20 to 30 gallons of ready for purification water. And when you think about that, we are simply clay vessels. We are empty clay vessels when we come to him. And he fills us with this water, this living water, this new water. And we become alive. And then he begins a transformation of us so that we may become this new and wonderful creation. You and I are clay vessels filled with water, and God is about his work in transforming us. That's his way. Now, the passage for today is going to get... I'm going to use a lot of imagery, so just bear with me while I try to explain this. This is the passage from Isaiah 55, 13. And it reads, instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, the myrtle will come up. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. See, if you're a farmer and you plant corn... What do you expect to come up? 
corn. If you are a farmer and you plant beans, what do you expect to come up? Beans. God says, I will take the thorn bush, I will take the briar, and I will make it into something entirely different. The thorn bush can become a cypress tree. Now, I know you're not going to like this, but you started out as a thorn bush. As a matter of fact, in just looking at myself, I still have some of these little prickles on me. You can talk to a lot of people, especially those close to me, and they'll say, oh yeah, he's got little thorns in him. But God is transforming me, and he's transforming you into something entirely different. From a thorn bush to a cypress tree. Now, I think it's interesting because sometimes we just read over these things. Cypress tree, big deal. But there's imagery in the fact that God says, this is something I want you to look at. What is a cypress tree? What value does it have? And a cypress tree is an evergreen tree. It lives long. It is a durable wood used in building. As a matter of fact, uh, when they built the, when Solomon built the temple, he used cypress wood. He used cedar and cypress wood. It's an enduring wood. It's long. Uh, uh, it's, uh, the, I, just, I also read that St. Peter's Basilica uh, in the Vatican, the gates of it were made in the 4th century of cypress wood, and it is still as durable today as it was then. It is a long-lasting wood. It has a deep root system. It's free of disease and pests, and it tolerates ice and windstorms and harsh climates. And God says, when I take that thorn bush, I'm turning it into something entirely different. And that's what God is at work in you. He's at work in you, letting you be that long living, that durable tree with a deep root system. That's what he wants. He wants you to be free of all of these things that cling to you. And he says, even in the windstorm, even in the ice storm, even in harsh climates, when there's no water, that tree will sustain itself. It will, it will endure. And so when we turn our attention to the myrtle tree and the briars, oh, that's right, you guys are briars too, okay? But God, God, the transformer, he says, I will make you like a myrtle tree. And what do we think about a myrtle tree? Well, it's really a slow-growing tree. It only grows about 12 inches a year. It's always green. It has a deep root system. When it's cut down, it sprouts again. Its very fragrant blossoms need to be pruned. It gives off this wonderful, I've never seen one, never been close to one that I know of, but it says the fragrance is so wonderful from this. Uh, the wood comes in a variety of colors, and the oils from it have healing properties. And so if you think about that, God says, I'm going to take these briars 
and I'm going to make them into something entirely different, one that has oils for healing, variety of colors, fragrant. It, if it's attacked and cut down, it's just going to grow again, and it has a deep root system. That's what transformation is about. So, this is right now the Gospel 101. We're going to start with Mark 2. And Jesus said, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth onto a garment. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it. The new from the old, the worst tear results. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst in the skins, and the wine is lost. And the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. See, when God transforms us, He doesn't take the old and make it better. He says, I'm going to make something new, and I'm going to make you new. And the process, He begins right here, and we're talking about it in 1 Peter, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is, through the living and abiding Word of God. What happens to you is God. And when you say, Lord, I, need, I am a sinner, I need you, he comes and he puts a new, an imperishable seed, a seed that will grow. And he puts that into you. And you begin to grow. And then he tells you from Ephesians, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him. And seated us with him in heavenly places. Excuse me. Just for a real quick moment. I hate to interrupt. But, uh, there's a, a neighbor to our church. Who one of us may have them parked in. And may need a car loop immediately. And it's a gray Chevy Cruze. Why don't everybody stand up? And then when everybody stands up, the guilty party can sneak out. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Nevin. That's never happened here before. Wow. You understand that there's a transformation. Dead to alive. What a transformation. You were dead. And God made you alive. He put this imperishable seed in you. And that was all part of his transformation. His transformation says, not only that, from Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. He takes a stony heart and turns it into something and then he puts his spirit in us. Transformation. I can't do that. God does it. That's his way. I will transform you into something that you are not. I won't take this thorny, 
thorny bush, these briars, and I will turn them into something wonderful. I'll turn them into a strong tree, a tree that's used for many things. But we all, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as the Lord the Spirit. Do you believe God's at work in you? And do you know what he's about to do? He is transforming you into an image. The image of who? Jesus. That's who you are. You are that transformer. Now, coming back to my little toy transformer, sometimes when you're clicking these things, there's a few problems. It's not twisting the way you want it to. And so you've got to give it to a six-year-old or Donovan to fix it for you. <laughs> God says, you are being transformed, and I'm transforming you into glory. I'm making you just like Jesus Christ. We should end the sermon there, because that's the truth. And now, we become image bearers. You know, that was the original intent, that we would bear the image of the Creator. I'm not talking about having a head and hands and feet and all of that stuff. No, God is so much more complex than that. And he says, I'm going to make you into an image. And God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And what happened is we took what he had given us, and we ate from what we were not to eat from. And sin entered in, and destruction entered in, and the image became distorted. And all you have to do is read the first six or seven chapters of, of, of the book of Genesis, and you see that there's a spiral downhill. Man becomes evil. Man becomes destructive. Man becomes far from the image that he is created to walk in. But then along comes Jesus. And as a result of his sacrifice and God putting a new seed in us and God giving us a new heart, God putting his spirit in us and God raising us from these dead things to these things that are alive, we now become image bearers of God. Now, that's probably a little responsible for you, for me. Because when I leave here, 
I need to be that image bearer. I need people to say, who is that? Filled with kindness and love and compassion. Not repaying evil for evil. Forgiving. That's the image bearer. Jesus came and he did it and he said, this is what it looks like. And now that you are this new created image bearer, we are, from Colossians 3.10, put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. We are image bearers. Not just Christians. We bear the image of the created one because all of these things, and by the way, just as an aside, if you have not experienced the rebirth, if you have not experienced being raised from the dead, if you have not experienced these things, then you need to talk to either I or Alan or Judah after the church, after the ceremony. Because God is in the business of transformation. And we have been created to bear his image as we walk here. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. For, and, uh, for as many of you who have been baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Isn't that great? I put on Christ, and now I bear the image of God. I walk down here as one who serves as a light in a dark place. I walk down here as one who walks differently, not according to the ways of this world, but according to the ways of God and those things that he has. Have I attained? Listen, Paul writes in Philippians, I've not attained this yet, but one thing I do, I press on. And so wherever you are, God is at work in you. He is about his way, which is a transformation. Now, don't look at the person next to you and say, God, you got to get to work. <laughs> Well, fee, fee, it's okay for you, okay? <laughs> I told him I was going to be rough on him today, so, you know, you just take an easy target, you know? We are, we are new creatures. We are new creatures. We have put on Christ. Let us bear the image. This is, and, and where I fall, God says, oh, and we'll talk about this next week. I've got some work because I'm about my way. My way is to transform you. So we have a new birth, a new self, a new heart, and a new life. What's your problem? <laughs> Great. 
I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We are to walk in a transformed life. Second Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 say, For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. For the one, an aroma from death to death, and to the other, aroma from life to life. Let me ask you this question. Now listen. Fragrance. I love this picture. I mean, Joe, you'll love this. Every Thanksgiving, when we have a roast turkey cooking in the oven, and you come into the house, you go, wow, does that smell good? Or bread. Think about bread, fresh baked bread, and you walk into the house and you say, wow, does that smell good? And we have all sorts of fragrance that we spray on ourselves to make us smell good. But is your fragrance one that has been in communion with him? Or do you stink? See, we are to be a fragrance. Not only image bearers, but a fragrance. And people are going to say, who is that? This is a new creature. I'm an image bearer, and this is the fragrance of God coming off of me. Wow. What a charge. So the next time you're spraying on some perfume or cologne or in a good-smelling house, I want you to think about that. And what, what... What is the fragrance that I'm giving off? Not the old self, not the old man, but this new transformed creature that God has made. Is that my, is that my odor? Is, that my, is it pleasing? Ephesians 4 tells us that we did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner of life, here's, these are instructions, lay it aside. That's dead. It's the old self. Which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed, transformed, in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which is the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. See you are now because of this miraculous second birth this miraculous infilling of his spirit into you this miraculous changing of your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh this change put it on for you were created for that, to bear his image, 
to walk as he walked, to be a fragrant odor that's pleasing to him. And you can do it because you are new. He didn't put new wine into old wineskins. He said, we need new wine into new wineskins. Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, here's the charge. Don't think like the old man. That's really challenging sometimes. You have to think about this new kingdom that you have been brought into. How do you walk in this new kingdom? You know, Jesus was very simple about all of that. He says, hey, if they ask you to walk a mile, you walk second, you walk another mile, you walk two miles with them. Somebody asks you for your, your shirt, give them your coat too. Lord, do you forgive? You don't know what she did to me. You just don't know. God doesn't know, right? No. I've forgiven you much. That's the new image. You need to walk in forgiveness. You'll know my disciples by their love. Wow. Well, you know Donovan. He's sort of unlovable. You got to love him anyway. You got to. <laughs> He's such a good sport. And he's forgiving me. <laughs> Aren't you done of it? Yeah. <laughs> our minds, our minds were brought up in this destructive, evil place. And God has made a way for us to walk in newness of life. And he said, I'm going to transform you. And I've taken all these steps. So stop thinking the old man way. Transform your mind. Rethink it. How are you going to respond? You're going to respond in anger or love? You're going to respond in forgiveness or hate? You're going to allow bitterness to build up into you? Or are you going to say, I am a new creature? I am the image of God. And I want to give off this aroma to God. And to those around me, I walk with God. Ephesians 4 tells us we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. See, and this is a picture of your tree again, that our roots would go deep. And when these things now, this world come against us. We say, no, I'm, I'm a transformed being, and God is busy transforming me. And my roots are growing deeper. My roots are just like that cypress tree. My roots are just like that myrtle tree. 
And I give off a fragrance just like that myrtle tree. I'm not a thorny bush anymore. I'm not a briar. I am something new. Thorns were planted, but God said, I'll make that a cypress tree. Briars were planted. He said, I'm going to make that a myrtle tree. God is at work in you. He didn't abandon you. He said, I am, that's what I do. That's my way. My way is transformation. And I'm transforming you. Second Corinthians says, in working together with him, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I think I'm just going to read it right there. Working together with him. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. Because there is work. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about when this wine was made, you know, he took these empty jars and they had water in them. And he's filled us with water. He's filled us with living water. And then he said, I'm turning it into something totally, almost totally different. I'm turning it into a wine. And wine in the scriptures represents joy and merriment and happiness. That's the reason that's Isaiah 55 starts there. Come, buy wine without cost. It's mer- there is joy in the Lord. I want you to know that. There is joy in the Lord, not happiness, joy. And that's part of the transformation process. I am joyful. I am thankful. I would have never been that way, but it's God who is working me. As you have received Christ, walk in him having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. See, that's the charge. You've been transformed, and you are being transformed. And God is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when you go out of here today, Take the fragrance of being in his presence with you. Wow. Take the whole idea that he's not done with you. He's transforming you. And where you see, you look in the mirror and you say, well, is that a briar patch? No, God doesn't see you as a briar patch. He sees you as a cypress tree. There used to be an old song that we used to sing. You'll have to help me with this, dear. Um, when he looks at me, he sees not who I used to be, but he sees Jesus. Whoa! The depth of theology in that simple song. He sees you as a cypress tree. He sees you as a myrtle tree. He sees you as the new image bearer. In this dark place, you are light, you are salt. That's who you are. Don't pretend that you're not. Don't give in to the enemy. Don't surrender.
and I couldn't help but use this one. Judah loves this scripture, and I thought, I love it too, so I'm going to use it. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will, be not, it will not be anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. See, that's the myrtle tree. Deep roots, blossoms, and it doesn't matter what comes against it. It is strong in the Lord because he is at work in you. So he writes also, Paul writes also, for I am confident of this very thing now, he's confident of it. And he's writing to the Philippians that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. If you have been born again and have undergone that initial transformation, I am here to tell you that God is at work in you. God is transforming you into the image of his Son. God is transforming you from who you are today to who you will be tomorrow. Who you were two years ago to who you will be two years from now. He's changing those. He's manipulating that little toy transformer and changing it from a truck a strong robot, a hero. That's who you are. That's the way of God. You know, in a few minutes we're going to have an opportunity to take communion. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And we certainly will do that in remembrance of him. But I also want you to take this time to come with thanksgiving into this miracle that has happened in you that would never, you could have never done it. But he did it. And he's transforming you into the image of his son and as you drink that wine, that blood of his covenant, which Bob spoke about last week, it's a new covenant. It's all new. You are new. And remember, the transformation of that water to wine. And this is my body that's broken for you. so that that all could happen. So at this point, I'm going to ask Walsa, wait a minute, before we do that, let's just take a few minutes and be quiet before him. See whether he has anything to say to you.